dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. The Gospel of Mark presents to us a challenge to stay awake. How do I stay awake in my family life as the leader of my home? How do I stay awake in my leadership in the workplace? How do I keep alive the flame of Christ and my efforts to be a leader in today's world? Let's listen to Christ's constant biblical teaching to find the answer. Suppose we begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, Father of the poor, illumine the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy Spirit and they shall be created and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in the same spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I'm convinced, everybody, that, you know, when we look for truth in today's world, We have no further place to look than God's holy word, his Bible. And by saying that, I know I'm saying something controversial, you know. The controversy is this. God is actually right. (laughs) Imagine if that was actually the case, you know. And I would say, well, let's, let's turn it on the flip side. What if God was actually wrong? Now, that would even be worse, right? Because, like, if, if God is wrong, then he's not God. But if he is God, then he's always right. And if he's always right, well, then we should be listening to him. I think the question today is is not so much, is God right, as it is, do we want the truth? And a lot of us, we have to admit, don't live conscientiously seeking the truth. For, for, For many people today, truth is something that they are afraid of. But remember this, we cannot thrive if we do not live in truth. And this is why knowing our Bibles is so important. God's word is infallible and there is nothing contained in sacred scripture that God did not want written there. And everything that God wanted known for our salvation is contained there. This is a teaching of the Second Vatican Council in all of its beauty. And it makes such an impact for us when we realize that that means that the answer to every question that I have about my life and my family, and therefore also my leadership, is found and given to me in the sacred writings of the Bible. 
this 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 should be earth shattering right like as a priest i kind of look at myself as god's salesman i've got to get out there and sell god and it's it's amazing to me because like Trying to sell God is so easy. <laughs> it's just so hard in the sense of people acting like they don't need the product. But once you show everybody the absolute need that they have for God, it's amazing how they come to him. And here, with, with respect to the, God's holy word, we have such an incredibly powerful thing to offer to this world. That is to say, that in God's word, we find the answers to the deep questions that people have about life, family, leadership, the meaning of suffering and ill. Uh, this is why St. Jerome put it so beautifully. Ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. And I am just so proud of the, 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 the chance that I have as a priest to recommend and to teach people how to read the Bible. But all that, all that being said, let's focus in, especially looking at what Christ says with respect to the leader. The whole idea of, of why I'm addressing you is because I know that the cultural evangelization that the church is calling for from the Second Vatican Council through Paul VI, through John Paul II, through Pope Benedict, and now with Pope Francis. So for the past 50 years, the church has been calling for the evangelization of culture. And, and, and I know what this requires for success. To evangelize culture, the authenticity of the evangelizer is paramount. This was underlined, especially by Pope Paul VI. He was looking out at young people. He said, we got we to gotta reach the young people. How are we going to reach the young people? And he said, young people today will listen more readily to witnesses than they will to teachers. They'll listen more readily to witnesses than they will to teachers. Now, you could look at that if you're children and say, how do I reach out to my children and teach them right for wrong? Well, ask yourselves, am I myself obeying what's right and avoiding what's wrong? Uh, you know, an example of this, I just kind of want to throw this out there, right? A lot of adults will say, okay, it's okay once we put the kids to bed, then we'll watch TV shows that we wouldn't let the kids watch. But my goodness, I mean, if you're going to watch TV shows you wouldn't let the kids watch, what example are you giving? How is that exactly being a leader? You're not leading at that moment. What you're doing instead is giving a double standard. Because if the kids can't watch the show, then I don't think you should be watching it either. That would be an authentic leadership. Wouldn't it be amazing instead of saying that there's goodness and then there's evil and I'm going to compromise between the two. I'm going to tell white lies, for example. I know it's a lie, but it's a harmless lie. Every lie is harmful because it erodes trust. And it erodes the ability in, uh, of the person who's speaking to carry a character-based witness, we have to rediscover authenticity. And when we do, we discover the type of leadership that's effective of creating and generating a culture, the culture of Christ. Father Nathan is producing an ongoing source of videos to form, unite, and inspire you and your family. Go to eagleeyeministries.org. That's E-A-G-L-E-E-Y-E ministries.org and subscribe to Eagle Eye Pro. Subscribe today.
And so if we know that we want to truly discover the message of Christ for leaders, there's no other place to look than sacred scripture. I'm one looking at the gospel of Mark. I've been with you here looking at Mark for the past several uh, talks. And I wanted to kind of like bring this to a little bit of a close because the scripture is so rich that you could keep on going. I want us to stay focused though and look especially at the teaching of Christ with respect to leaders that is found in Mark 13. I say with respect to leaders because everything that you find Christ saying to his apostles, he's saying to them as the future leaders of his church who will be called to take his gospel where it is not and to generate a culture. Do you see like this is... I wish I could underscore for you just how powerful this teaching is. A genuine leadership that's rooted in Christ is a leadership that comes from who we are, our character. And when we start with who we are and allow our character to really be present in the actions that we choose from the words that we speak to the practices that we have every day, when we allow our character to inform our choices and authentically be there, the people that we are in full freedom and the force of our will, we generate a culture. It's more than just effectuating a process. It's more than just getting the job done. It's the way that we do it. This is where Christ's sanctification is found. And this is where the gospel finds its place, even the secular environment of a workplace. Because it's not, it's, the problem is not, in other words, that you're called to teach at a public school. I mean, I'm glad you're called to teach at a public school. I'm glad that there's a Christian in the public school. I'm glad, you know, and you're like, well, I don't know how I'm supposed to be a Christian in the public school. I'm saying you're supposed to be a Christian public school in every single aspect of your life. What do you mean? How? It's not that you're called to teach science or that, I don't know, you're a driving instructor. And so you say, I, my job has nothing to do with my faith. All I do is teach kids how to drive. It's not the what that we do that is the place of the faith. It's the how that we do it that's the place of the faith. In other words, it's not the content, it's the culture. And the popes knew this. They said, if we're going to really make the impact on the world that we're called to make, we need to bring the gospel into the culture and through the culture that we generate, impact the culture that is out there. Everyone, th this is the great call, right? Because we look at it, we say, oh, the TV shows, they're terrible. The kids, how are we going to raise them with these TV shows? We need to protest the television station, right? Or we say, oh, what can I do? My kids have got their iPhones out, and I can't get them to put their iPhones away. My kids, my grandkids, it's all about the iPhone. It's all about their Android, whatever it is. And I'm just watching it, and, and the kids, they can't get off that thing. They're on it constantly. And then, or you could think of a different one, right? You could just say they're friends. Oh man, their friends have a bigger influence over them than I do. What are you hearing in all three of those cases? It's the same thing. 
You're saying, oh, there's a culture out there, the culture of the television, the culture of the phone, the culture of the friends. And that culture out there is just so strong. you know. And I'm saying, hang on, the culture that's out there, listen to me carefully, the culture that is out there is weak. It is not strong. It is only strong because the culture that is inside of that child is not stronger than it. If I can fortify the inside of a person, then the culture on the outside doesn't represent a threat. It represents an opportunity. I can unleash the leadership that's inside the heart of every person. If I allow the heart of every person to breathe the free air that is called authentic character and virtue. And then, my goodness, if a person has that self-possession of knowing who they are, well, then they can go into the world and show the world who it is. Do you see how this works? I hope you're following me here. Because this is where religion takes such an important place. If I hear another person come up to me and say that, you know, I just don't really know why religion is important. Or, you know, it's like, it's just like sometimes you hear dads do this, right? The, the, the dad will be all about soccer and he'll be all about piano and he'll be all about getting good grades in school. And then when it comes to actually kneeling down and saying his prayers with his kids, he fails. Now, it, this can be, you know, moms do the same thing. You know, it's like, but I just want to like focus in on there's so many men who do not understand the place, the role, the importance of their faith when it comes to leadership at home. They think that parenting and family life is separate somehow from faith. I'll say this, this is an easy way for you to remember it, okay? It goes like this. You will know who you are the best when you know whose you are you will know who you are the best when you know whose you are if you can help a person to discover that they belong to God and to his mercy the knowledge of whose they are will permeate their being and create of them a person who is free and loved and looking forward to the adventure of life because they're based on that confidence of God's eternal love for them. And I would like to even say, instead of just looking at it for them, how about for you? Do you know whose you are? It's so amazing to me when you look at life of teenagers. That's their whole drama. They're constantly looking for who will own them, right? So if they can find a rock band that's really cool, then they'll wear that rock band's t-shirt. And they'll wear their hair in the way that the rock band wears their hair. And they'll move around and they'll dress because they want to be owned. Right? We, we all long for this. It's like from the time that we're a child and we're given to our mother, we're all longing to have our mother again. We want to be owned. We want to be known. We want to be claimed. We want to belong to something. And so as grown-ups, a lot of times we won't be rock bands, but it'll be college football teams. I mean, I have seen more devotion to college football teams by, by people than I have to devotion to God. And that's just like such a sad thing to say, but it's true. 
You have guys, people who are buried in their college football team's colors as the last sign of devotion to the football team. And you just kind of left shaking your head and you're saying to yourself, like, it's only a game. Ah, but it's more than a game. It's an identity. And we're longing for identity. Folks, if you want true identity, then look no further than the love of God for you. There is nothing on this earth that can shape identity more powerfully than God. Knowing whose I am in his eyes, what would it be, in other words, if I wasn't just a fan of a football team or the fan of a rock and roll band? What if it was that I was a son of God or a daughter of God? What, what light I wouldn't bring to this world? And that's exactly the, the message here. This is exactly the importance of what the popes are talking about. The culture that is out there is waiting for leaders who will bring that light of Christ into it. How do I bring the light of Christ into the culture? I start by forming the inner soul of who I am, my identity, and forging it on the fires of his merciful love. And this is like, this is why everybody, it's like the call to conversion. It's not just like some sort of like moralistic teaching from the 1800s. The call of repentance and conversion is the key to you giving the best of yourselves to this world. It's this, it's this, this is the call to happiness in your family. It's the call to happiness and peace inside. My conversion and turning away from sin is turning away from rot from places where I am weak like an apple with a bruise every time that I'm in sin and I allow sin to be there, I, my character, my identity suffers. And when my identity suffers, well, then I end up being owned by someone else who wants to speak to me. The problem today, in other words, is not that the world is strong. The problem today is that we have forsaken our call as leaders to bring strength to the character of those who are around us. And we've neglected that by beginning to neglect it ourselves. Well, who does Christ want me to be? Who does Christ want you to be? Embrace that call. Imagine what life would be if you were everything that God wanted you to be. Father Nathan has founded the St. John Institute the MBA program that develops students into the leaders of tomorrow by giving them a missionary's heart and an entrepreneur's mind. Visit our website at stjohninstitute.org. Dare great things for Christ. Well, I think that, in other words, if you just look at this again, right, it's, the idea is to, to penetrate a culture, I need to generate a culture. To penetrate a culture, I generate a culture. So if I'm at home and my kids are being swept away by bad friends, what do I do? I make my home culture stronger than the culture of those friends. So yes, sometimes they have to intervene, of course, and, and limit. I'm not saying that that's the only way. But in the end, why are they turning to their friends more than... Is, is, is dad at home? Is mom giving them something joyful to live for at home? Uh, the minds, the heart of people is kind of like water. Just like water always will go downhill and it'll always go to fill the place that, cre that wants it. You move water by creating a vacuum. So in other words, if water is still, it'll stay there. But if I 
put a hole in whatever's holding it, it'll go out that hole. It'll move through the vacuum to fill the next space. And that means space is what moves water. Well, the hearts of people are like water. So they're going to move to the space that's beckoning them, that's calling for them. So they, people will go to the one who wants them most. Be the one who wants your kids the most. Be the one who wants your spouse the most. Be the one who wants your workplace to be a place of joy and happiness and excellence. We have to be ready as leaders to go out there and to be the one. Well, what's necessary for that? How do I do that? Our Lord tells us here. This is Mark chapter 13, verses 32 to verse 37. Listen to what Christ tells us. And remember what he's telling us. He's telling his apostles. So he's forming them as leaders. And what's his message? He says this. Concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Keep awake. For you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his own work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight, or when the cock crows, or in the morning lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Well, this is a, it's an amazing word here. So why, why would Christ be asking his apostles to stay awake? And what is he asking of them? You see, like, it's amazing. He doesn't say to his apostles, I'm going to teach you how to yell at people. I'm going to teach you how to discipline people. I'm going to teach. He doesn't do all of this. Not here anyway. He doesn't ever tell his apostles, here are, here's the Christ lessons for commanding a crowd given by Jesus Christ. That'd be amazing, right? We could write all kinds of books about this. Just, if you could write, this is how to run a meeting by Jesus Christ. How to make an effective project management by Jesus Christ. I mean, like, it would be the end. Just drop it all, boom, we're done. That that was the most amazing thing ever. God himself is teaching me how to be a leader. It's because leadership is not forged there, my friends. Those things are the way that we effectively communicate. And it's an important part of leadership. I'm not saying it's not there at all. It's just not the essence in the heart. And Christ is giving us the essence in the heart of leadership, which is the simplest and yet the hardest. It's like that, that saying that sometimes business coaches will say, they'll say, it's simple, just not easy. Well, here you've got the simplest, that's the hardest. And, and that is where Christ focuses himself. He says, stay awake. Oh my goodness, that's so simple and yet so hard. What does this mean? First of all, obviously, he's saying to stay awake in the spiritual sense. He's saying to look for the coming of God constantly and at every day of your life. To stay awake, it means to allow yourself to live the fullness of life as if it was where you were called to live. So many of us allow ourselves to fall asleep. 
We think, in other words, that our greatness is going to be found in the pleasures that we can enjoy. And so we just give ourselves to one pleasure after the next, after the next, after the, and we waste all kinds of time as we simply sit back and take it easy. In, in a sense, the thing about physical pleasures that's so amazing is that they're the most enjoyable when they're coupled by the Spirit. And most of us don't couple this physical with the spiritual. We run away into the physical as a way of avoiding the greatness and the, of the challenges that we're called to. And so we just kind of like waste time. And we waste time in these different And Jesus is saying that's a way of falling asleep. Another way of falling asleep would be to let the, the power of our relationships pass us by. I mean, when you were young, all you wanted to do is get married. Oh my goodness, I can't wait till I get married. It's going to be so wonderful. And then you get married, and it's like exciting for the first few years, maybe. And then so many people end up, you have a best friend who's dedicated to you every single day of your life. And when was the last time that you took them dancing? <laughs> you know, I work with married couples sometimes. I'll ask, I'll say, what was the last time? How many times have you gone out on a date this past year? And it's amazing. Some people haven't gone on a date in an entire year. I mean, and I'm just saying to myself, and then you wonder, my gosh, why isn't our marriage happy? I'm like, well, when was the last time you took your spouse for a date? Okay. I mean, like if, you, if you're married and you don't take your wife dancing, well, don't expect, you know, or don't be surprised when she's not dancing. I mean, what, <laughs> what have you done in order to make your marriage the marriage that you want it to be? You see, it goes right back to this. Stay awake. Well, in many ways, we've fallen asleep. We fall asleep with our children. We fall asleep on the watch. And Christ is saying a true leader is one whose eyes are open and who's pushing forward. He's climbing the mountain because he wants to be on the top of it. And a Christian is called to be that type of person, to not allow anyone or anything to get before them and that upward calling which is found in Christ Jesus, to lay hold of God himself by the love that he has put in our hearts for him, to seize the heights and to move forward up into the day. This is our upward calling, and this is what it means to be a Christian. And when we do that, we start creating the culture that will lift this fallen world up with us. And instead of being a victim, we become a leader. And this is, in fact, where he's calling us to be. Let us stay awake. Let us climb to the heights. And let us not be afraid of the greatness that he's calling us to. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.